Kilo Vault. Go and play America, and you said, <laughs> you guys have no chance. Opens now. Jerry Cantrell, what can you say about that guy? He's the man. Allison Chains, probably my favorite of the, the 90s Seattle scene. It's close between A Chains and Soundgarden. And I never knew until I saw Alice Chains for the first time exactly how influential Jerry's harmonies were to make all those songs so amazing. It wasn't just Lane. It was a, you know, almost more like, like a 50-50 deal. So a conversation with the, the, the guitarist from October of 2021, just before his third album, Brighton, would come out. And just a bunch of great stories. Obviously, he talks about the the, the new album because he's proud about his new baby and all that stuff. But he also throws down some great stories about Eddie Van Halen. He talks about his relationship with Vinny and Dime, the Abbott brothers. And another great story about his gold card there. Just cool. It's just cool. The stuff that this guy has seen, amazing. I could have had the conversation for an hour, but I think we got like about 15 minutes with the guy. Hey, the homework before this, though, you got to watch the video for a tone from that Brighton album. Otherwise, you're not going to get it when we talk about the super fast hat. So if you haven't done that, just hit pause or whatever and watch that and then jump back in. And let's do it. Jerry Cantrell inside the Kilo Vault. Hey, Ross. Jerry's here. Hey, man. Hey. Thank you so much for your time today. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Very good, man. Very excited. I guess congratulations, dude. Everything's going very well for you. New album, end of October. Your new line of signature guitars are beautiful. Pretty good times, huh? It's pretty exciting, man. It's uh, uh, it was really fun making this record. Uh, you know, uh, the the team, the the production team, Tyler Bates, Paul Fig, and and Joe Barizzi and myself, uh, kind of started talking about the idea of doing this at the end of 2019. And uh, man, we had a great list of players. You know, like uh, Duff McKagan, Abe Laborio Jr., Gil Sharon, Greg Pucciato. Uh, Vincent Jones, uh, Michael Rosan, the list goes on. Uh, it's it's a great record, and uh, yeah, it's been fun with uh, Gibson as well, uh, putting out uh, putting out a new guitar. Right, you had the Flosset in the uh, Tone video as well, the big debut in your new video. Yeah. It's pretty good, man, pretty good. Well, I think you kind of answered one of my questions. Uh, when, it, when it comes to recording solo stuff, I mean, uh, you know, some people do it all themselves, and they, they, they bring out some hired guns when they go on tour, uh, you know, like Wolfgang Van Halen kind of did it that way. But you bring in these guys and everyone jams together? Or is this something that you come up with all the music yourself and then invite these guys to participate? How does that work? Well, as a writer, uh, you know, I, I kind of go about it the, the same way I always have. It's usually like a collection of uh, a period of collection of ideas. And that's kind of done just kind of with me, uh, you know, recording myself uh, doing some stuff. And then with Paul Figueroa uh, going through the demo process. And then you bring it to the band or a group of musicians that you're playing and you can always rely on the fact that they're going to elevate it they're going to have ideas they're going to add their own thing and it's going to it's going to lift up to a place that is far far better and probably unattainable on your own you know it takes a lot of people to to make a record and uh uh you know that that that's kind of fun you do your part and uh uh you you're not quite sure uh how it's going to go or 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 where you're going to end up you know it's going to be an interesting process and uh uh, you've had the benefit of making some good music and records in the past, and and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you come out the other side with another good one. And I think I have with Brighton. Well, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people have like a stranglehold on their solo stuff, where they do all and you know, they don't mess with it. It's my stuff, but yeah, it's cool to see people breathe life into yeah. what you kind of come up with, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, there there are there are a few people uh, who who 
are multi instrumentalists and can play all the instruments and all that. And I, that, that's just a, I, I can't even fathom that. <laughs> really? I can't it's imagine amazing. that because man, I've seen you so many times now. I see you play live. It's just like so effortless. It's like, I, I've, I can't even, every time I see you, I just, I'm floored just cause it just seems like, I don't know. Uh, you can like eat a sandwich and still not miss, miss a beat. I think of oh, it. But so that's it. You just, you've conquered the guitar and that's it. Well, I'm, you know, I, I, I do my thing. I do my thing and, and it's a, uh-huh. and it's an important part of the process. Uh, but, but I do it in the context of a team, you know, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a member of a team as well. And I think when you, I think any record that you make is a, is a, is a team effort. And, and this, this record took, you know, you know, took, took, uh, probably 20 individuals to pull off, you know, uh, along with myself. So not much different as far as the process goes compared to when you do an AIC album. It's just, you know, it's a, di- it's a different group of people. That's, uh-huh. that's the difference. That's it. And, uh, uh, the process pretty much remains the same. And, uh, you know, I've been really, I've been lucky to, uh, to be able to make three records outside of Alice. Uh, and every one of them has had a, 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 a really cool group of people, you know, people that I admire as musicians and, and friends of mine, uh, on Boggy, uh, you know, it was like the base, uh, the, 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 the base battalion, you know, it was like Les Claypool and, and, and Norwood Fisher and, and Rex Brown and Mike Inez, you know, yeah. and, uh, Sean, Sean Kenny played on that on degradation trip. It was Trujillo and Borden, uh, this, this record, there's, there's 10, 10 musicians on it, you know, uh, you know, from, uh, the ones that I mentioned and, and, and more. Yeah. Nice. This guy, you got, you got a, quite a, a list of people on your phone. You can just call up a guy. Hey. <laughs> that's cool that is it is, cool. it is pretty cool i get tickled about that every once in a while and and uh you know i'm really lucky uh to have been inspired to become a musician by uh people that uh a, a good chunk of them i can i consider my friends now you know it's pretty cool that's cool jerry cantrell our guest the new uh, album brighton we're gonna hear the title track the new song here in a few talk that one up uh want to talk about atone the first song we got ears on that video shoot must have been either really, really cool or not very cool because it looks like it was hot as hell. It was hot as hell, and it was really cool. <laughs> it's pretty, man. It reminds uh, me. You look like a gunslinger with that hat and everything. It's like, that was, it's just a badass. Uh, and then I've never seen the Salton Sea personally, but, man, those videos of that makes me want to go there. Yeah, the, uh, you know, it was... Uh, I'd never done as intensive a shoot as I as I did on that video, and uh, Jim Laveau and uh, and his crew and and Greg Pucciato and uh, uh, Jesse Drexler uh, were like the the team that kind of put that together and uh, that crew of people. But we shot we shot in uh, starting in uh, Joshua Tree for the first day. Got in the uh, finished shooting, drove straight to Phoenix. Uh, shot there the next day and drove back to L.A., shot in L.A., the performance stuff, and then the next day drove out to the Salton Sea. So uh, it was uh, it was it was pretty, pretty incredible to do a four location, four day shoot, you know, and uh, uh, the, the imagery really goes with the vibe of the song. Like you say, it's got that kind of gunslinger yeah. kind of mentality kind did, of vibe to it. And, did that hat blow off on purpose or was that accidental? And was that really going that fast? Yeah, every once in a while you get some happy accidents, whether it's in the studio making a song or, or when when you're shooting something visually. Uh, those two shots that I used where the hat blows off, it just blew off my head a couple of times, and I caught it once, and the second time I didn't catch it, but it rolled down the road, and we were just doing a 
doing a drone shoot and the guys were like really far away from me flying that drone. But as soon as that thing hit the ground, it started rolling perfectly and it just kept going. And I just was shouting, shoot the hat, shoot the hat. <laughs> no, it's a br- breakneck speed. I was like, that's gotta be like computer generated. I was like, you wouldn't spend that kind of money just to make a hat move fast. <laughs> The funny thing is, is I tried to recreate it, and it wouldn't do it. <laughs> I tried to recreate it, and it just kept falling over. So luckily, we got that shot. But, you know, it it, it, it blew off my head and started rolling, and I just in, immediately started uh, kind of having flashbacks of, like, the opening of, like, Miller's Crossing, the Coen <laughs> Brothers movie. Under the trees. It was awesome. Yeah. Dude, Miller's Crossing. I haven't thought about that movie forever. Oh, that's so good. That's an awesome so good. one. I love, love the Coen Brothers. Um. Jerry Cantrell, our guest, and uh, I, was, I was getting ready for our time today, and I came across an amazing story, and just, I don't know if you have any more details, I'll give the rough version, but long ago, I believe it was uh, the second solo album, 19 years ago, someone stole one of the guitars that Eddie Van Halen gave to you, and you recently just got it back, is that right? That's true. Uh, Eddie, uh, we, we we did that tour, and I believe it was 91 with those guys, and and they kept asking us to do more legs, so we basically ended up spending half a year with them. And uh, toward the end of the tour, he had had his, those uh, Ernie Ball uh, EVH guitars, and he had also had his 5150 amps, and I was I was like, you know, hey, man, can I, can I buy one of those? Can give me a little break on one of those? And he's like... <laughs> like screw that man don't worry about it like when i didn't have nothing nobody would give me anything now i can afford everything and everybody gives me stuff for free let me just let me hook you up so he did and i came home from tour and i had a uh had a uh, a blue and a gold top ernie ball evh and while i was recording degradation Ship, that gold one went missing and i could never figure out what the hell happened to that and uh a couple of years ago there was two separate uh, collectors who who collect those guitars, one in Florida and one in San Diego. And, uh, uh, both of them contacted me within a week and said that they think they they found my guitar came, it came on, uh, online to be sold. And, uh, one, uh, one of them paid for it. He just bought it for like seven grand. And then he gave it, he just gave it to me. He didn't wow. want any money anything. And it was just like a really cool thing. So I hooked him up. Uh, uh, Ernie Ball made a, made a, a replica of it to give back to him. And I gave him some of my, uh, Friedman amps, my double J, double J stuff. Uh, a guy named Greg down in uh, San Diego, but, uh, yeah, I got the guitar back after that, what, uh, eight or 19 years. It's yeah. amazing. So probably just this guy thought that he'd just sit on long enough so the heat's off it and then sell it. Yeah. Well, I think what happened was whoever took it pretty much kept it because, you know, it's an identifiable guitar and those guitars, there were only 23, I believe made, of each one of those guitars and they were basically guitars made for Eddie to give to, you know, other guitar players or his friends or whatever. So there wasn't a lot of them. And, uh, my, and mine in particular, I had, uh, routed out the, uh, Floyd. So, and done a few, uh, mods to it. So it was completely identifiable. And, uh, I guess the, I, the person who did take it had given it to his, kid or, or or his nephew or something and that's who was selling it and he said that it was somebody who worked at the studio that was the lifted that up. i recorded yeah so they just walked out the door with it i guess oh see man i see all kinds of great things in your life jerry it's all working out but i got it back i got it back that is so and cool I, the funny thing is, is i called ed right after i got it back and and i told him the story and he's like man i'm it's like really you got that back like after all that time i'm like yeah and he's like he's like damn man 
I'm really happy for you, but why doesn't that ever happen to me, man? I remember getting him my stuff back that goes missing. And I'm like, dude, you're Eddie Van Halen. I wouldn't give it back either. <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> oh, that's a hell of a story, man. My jaw dropped when I read that. That is so cool. Yeah, pretty pretty great. And it's so funny because I was just talking to this guy the other day. I got a guy. Uh, he's friends with the guy who was selling Vinnie Paul's house in Vegas. And we just kind of talk about Vinnie and, and dime and everything. And he's like, I got a weird story. One time I was at Vinnie's house and I go to the refrigerator to get something out and taped on the fridge was a gold card with Jerry Cantrell's name on it. And, oh, uh, yeah. and then he says he was in, Ve- or in LA then a few weeks later and randomly bumped into you at a coffee place and said, Hey man, I just saw your gold card on Vinnie Paul's refrigerator. And he's yeah. like, those guys stole my card. Is that a real story? No, I used to I used to crash at Vinny's all the time. We were good buddies, and and uh, you know I'd always go see my dad uh, in Oklahoma for like Thanksgiving and Christmas, and he was always home during those times too. And uh, you know I would fly into Dallas rather than fly into Oklahoma City, so I would always go hang with Diamond and and Vinny, and, I'd, and inevitably I would end up you know partying with those guys and crash at Vinny's place. So probably probably in the detritus of like me spending the spending the night you know i had stuff like strewn all over the place and he put that up on the, uh he taped it to the gold record that i gave him and uh kind of kind of a coin co- uh another funny story about that uh you know after after vinnie passed uh a good friend of his uh uh that uh you know was kind of taking care of of, of his, his estate he he gave me that gold record with the with the credit card taped to the front of it so it's 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 here at the house too, so I, I, I treasure that. Wow! Uh, as well as I treasure my friendship to to Vinny and Dime. You know, the good, great cool. guys, good good times, good musicians. Right. Uh, some of the best rock ever made. Yeah, I agree. That's cool, man. I could do this all day. A great talk so far. Let's let's play the new song. Let's play Brighton. Uh, how how'd you come up with the title? How did this become the title of the album? Uh, I think I started, I, it was one, it was one of the songs that I got together first, a uh, tone uh, and a, uh, and a Brighton are the two, I think that I, that I demoed first. And I, and I want to say, I want to say Brighton, I kind of came up with the chord structure during the, the corn tour, right at the end, right at the end of the Rainier Fog tour. So it was something I threw in the phone and then I started, I developed it up and it came together really quick and I just felt really strong. Uh, and the body of work. It, it kind of had that had a little bit of a feel, you know. Uh, that I just I just early on I thought this is a great song. It's going to be a cornerstone track. I think it should be the first big single, and I think it is a great album title. So uh, that that that's how it came to be, and uh, I think I can't wait to play it live. It's going to be an awesome live track. Yeah. Yeah. Very gritty. Very bluesy. Just uh, it's cool. Yep. Just cool, man. Here you go. Yeah, it's a good mix of good mix of dark and light. You know, I think in general the the record has a real rock and roll feel to it. You know, uh, almost in a classic sense. It's a very, very contemporary and fresh sounding record. But you can definitely hear the roots of of uh, of the music that I cut my teeth on and I still enjoy today. Uh, uh, you know, uh, roots all, reaching all the way back to the '60s. You know, yeah, '50s, '60s, every decade. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Brighton, the album, end of October, it's out. We'll have copies to give away. Uh, tour, we'll see you not till April 22, right? We got we got a little while. Smart smart move, by the way, Mr. Cantrell. <laughs> well, I, w- I sure would have liked to have been on the road yeah. earlier, but uh, with the uncertainty of yeah. everything, you know, you got to plan things well out in the head, and I thought I'd just take the extra extra caution and book next year instead of this year. So, No, like I said, real uh, smart. 
so next year, uh, next year we're gonna be we're gonna be at it hard and heavy. And uh, if we, you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be near you. Come on out and see us. Yeah, we will, we'll be there, man. We'll have fun. We'll bring our hats. <laughs> we'll all wear cool hats. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. Jerry Cantrell, you are the yep. man. The new song, Brighton. Let's rock it here at Kilo. Man, I could have really just talked to that guy all day, right? More stories, Jerry. Give me another story. But cool guy, right? And. If you haven't seen him live, he truly is effortless. He could eat a ham sandwich and throw those monster riffs. It's amazing. Amazing. So hopefully you enjoyed that one. I know I did. I hadn't heard that since we did that one live, man. That was pretty good. And until next time, if you like what we do, be sure to subscribe. New eps drop every Monday. Um, give us a five-star rating. I think that's that's what we're rolling with right now. So drop a rating. Uh, and, of course, if you have anything to add, any stories you want to tell, The Vault at kilo943.com. That's the email. And thanks for stopping by.